Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. And now, from beyond our dimension, this is the Jeff Mara Podcast. Here's Jeff. My guest is Victor, who has had two near-death experiences, and today we're going to learn about them. Victor, thank you so much for being my guest today, and welcome. Well, thank you for having me. Victor, my audience loves to hear about near-death experiences, so if you don't mind, can we start with your first one? Okay. Well, my first one happened when I was 21, I was 20 years old, and I was, uh, I had a an operation, if you can see the scar here, mm-hmm. I had a, a uh, chronically infected gland. And I went to KU Medical Center, and they told me it would be routine surgery, get it out. And it was routine surgery. They got it out, and uh, I was uh, resting after surgery, and they put me on a an IV, you know, for uh, to fight infection, I suppose. And uh, the name of the, the medicine in it was called nafcillin. And uh, as soon as the nurse put it in, my I had a, a chest pain, a bad chest pain. And I told the nurse and she said, well, when they take the uh, medicines out of the refrigerator and it's cold and it goes into the vein and sometimes it causes a little pain, but it, I should be okay. So I said, okay, you know, and so I'm resting. It was about noon, I suppose. And uh, all throughout the day, I have these bad chest pains and I periodically push the button and, you know, the nurses would come in and uh, they would check me, check the vitals, and well, you're fine, you know, you're young, you're strong, you know, you'll be okay. Anyway, uh, later on that night, it was about 10.40 at night, and I was still laying in the hospital bed, and I was watching uh, Nightline with Ted Koppel, and uh, all of a sudden I had the biggest chest pain in the world, like an elephant sat on a sword on me, you know, and I was gone. I was above my body on the bed and I could uh, see the blue rays from the TV on my body. And uh, I could see Ted, Ted Koppel was still talking. And I was like, am I, am I asleep? Am I dreaming? And, but I knew I wasn't dreaming because I knew everything all of a sudden. I knew what Ted Koppel was thinking. I was always watching, I would watch Nightline every night because I wanted to be politically savvy at the time. And uh, and uh, I knew what Ted Koppel was thinking. And I said, God, help me. And I was back into my body and uh, pushed the button. And my doctor, his name was uh, Dr. Hignite, I believe, came in and he said, uh, you know, hey, Victor, what's going on? He usually wasn't there that time of night, I don't believe. And uh, he, he said, what's going on? And I told him, you know, hey, I think I had a heart attack or something, man. My chest was hurting. And, all of a sudden, I was out of my body in care. And so he believed me. And he said, well, did you tell the nurses? And I said, yes, I've been telling them all day that it's been hurting. And so he screamed at him to get in there and get those, that IV out of me. 
and they they did. And when they did, after they did, he came back in and he wanted to hear about it, you know, because he, he believed me and he had said that he had heard about these things, but I was still freaking out, you know. And so, you know, I just, I told him what happened, but that kind of changed my life because uh, before that, uh, all, all I was thinking about was what young guys think about girls and foolishness and stuff. <laughs> that that kind of changed my life. And I, and if I think about it now, I, I have talked to a few other people who are, which which is a, a good thing that uh, people like you have programs like this. It helps those of us who've been through this and others who haven't to understand these things because uh, I didn't understand for a long time what had happened to me. You know, I, I started getting depressed. I had been a little bit depressed in my life. And uh, I was talking to you a little bit before and that my mom said that I had uh, died for a, a short while while I was a child because she said she gave me some aspirin and, and they gave me a, a strawberry uh, soda to, to wash it down. And they, I had a, an allergic reaction and stopped breathing for a while. And uh, I wonder if that uh, had anything to do with that because I was uh, kind of depressed. I would always see, you know, the uh, I was always like a comedian, but in, inside I always had like a sadness or a, a dark cloud. And it really got bad when I was uh, 20 after that, you know. But uh, my life changed because I was I was brought up in church and you know we were in the Baptist church, and uh, by the time I was sixteen, I had enough of it. I was seeing so much uh, hypocrisy and foolishness, and so uh, at the age of sixteen, I said, "Okay, I'm gonna uh, get me a serious religion." You know, it was back in the was that the uh, '80s, and I said, "Man, well, I'm gonna be a Muslim." You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop eating pork. I'm going to change my name to Amir and all this kind of stuff. So for like 16 to 20, I didn't eat any pork or anything like that. So uh, when I had that NDE and I asked God to bring me back, I knew who brought me back. I knew it was the God that I heard about in church a long time ago. And, uh, and you know, so uh, when that doctor asked me, Can he, is there anything you can get for me? I, I told him some bacon, man. I want some bacon. <laughs> I, was, uh, I was wanting bacon. So, But that changed my life. It, it kind of made me, uh, set me on a, a, a path to be more serious. Well, thank you for sharing that with us, Victor. Now, did you say that you were reading Ted Koppel's thoughts? Yes. That's amazing. Yes, yes. I never watched this show after that. It's kind of like it, they had an agenda behind the show, you know. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like up front like they were, you know, this is just, we're just trying to get the news. It was like, no, he had an agenda behind his show. So wow. I never watched it after. While you were out of your body, did you have any feelings of like love or peace or anything like that? No, I don't, I don't remember anything like that. I was just there for a little while and I and I asked God to save me help me and I was back. Did you get any communication from God? I just knew who it was. I just knew that it was the God that I had uh read about and heard about. I knew that Jesus was real. Mm-hmm. So 
Hmm. I might uh, get me some bacon. <laughs> I guess you went back to Christianity after that. <laughs> yes, but uh, you know, I was, I still wasn't uh, the biggest church going guy. I, I later on, I did. I, I became an ordained minister, but not because God called me to be an ordained minister. I just started, uh, I started making sure I, I, I started reading the Bible through every year. I would read the Bible through sometime every six months. I would read it through and I wanted to know what it said. I wouldn't, didn't want to depend on what other people said. And then I'd start taking uh, courses, take a, a Hebrew course with, uh, what was that man's name? Jeff Seif and Zola Levitt. And I took another one and then uh, I took a test on the other website and, and it was ordained. Did you notice that you had any abilities after that? Like you could read people's minds or see the future or be empathic or anything? No. Uh, later on, I'll be, uh, I noticed I became an empath after an out-of-body experience later on. So you felt like before this experience, most of your life, you were just unhappy or sad, but you really didn't know why? I didn't know why. I think it's possible that maybe you did have an NDE and maybe it was so amazing over there or you, you know, you were home and then you were sad that you had to come back. Right. I'll, 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 you'll see that in my, the second one. <laughs> have you ever considered getting hypnotized to see if you can pick up anything else or if you had one as a child? I kind of don't trust people, you know, somebody might hypnotize me and then I'm, <laughs> I'm out in the multiverse or somewhere and can't get back you know yeah. the gate is shut behind me and i'm stuck in the yard yeah <laughs> all right well if you want if you don't mind let's go to your second nde okay my second nde happened uh in at on uh april 27 2010 and my life i had gone through two divorces <laughs> Yeah, I was uh, working uh, my position. I was a captain at uh, at a U.S. Marshal facility. I was still a I was a deputy sheriff, also reserve in uh, Kansas City. But I was living in Leavenworth, Kansas. I was a captain at this uh, U.S. Marshal facility and uh, helped hold about fifteen hundred inmates hmm. and. Uh, I was going through my second divorce. Man, I was uh, child support, all kind of crap. My whole life was uh, going to pieces. It seemed like, and on top of that, I was start having uh, my blood pressure was up, and I started having these migraines, and I was having uh, where ringing in my ears. I have ringing in my ears now, but uh, these migraines were happening. I would have only ringing in my ears and. Uh, pain and so i was going through all of that and uh i was suicidal so i said well i'm gonna shoot myself and i heard a voice say don't shoot yourself you don't want to uh, you don't want your son to find you like that and i had my son he was 15 he had come to live with me and he got angry and went to live with one of his friends, you know, about going to school. <laughs> and uh, so I hadn't seen him in a couple of weeks, maybe a month. 
And uh, so I said, well, I know that's not him. He's not coming back. And so anyway, I said, well, okay. I had a, just bought a bottle of Benadryl and it had 500 pills in it. So I took all 500 of them. I don't know if I had taken a couple of them, but it was like 499. <laughs> and I took them. I took, it took me like four, three or four handful. I took them all and and I uh, went to sleep. But as soon as I took them, my son walked in <laughs> and uh, he came and asked me what was wrong. And I, I told him, you know, I, I just needed a glass of water because I was thirsty, but I, I couldn't drink it. So he called the uh, EMT and they took me to the hospital and I was asleep. And well, on the way in the ambulance, uh, I remember the guy yanking on my arm and then I was out of my body and I was next thing I know, I was waking up in, uh, St. Luke's hospital in Kansas city, Missouri. And it was when I took those pills, it was maybe four o'clock in the afternoon. It was about 1230 in the morning when I woke up and I didn't remember anything. I just remember, I felt like that, uh, Everything had been taken out. I was hollowed out and I got filled back up with something. And my daughter took me home, you know, that night and I was upset because uh, <laughs> that didn't work. And uh, so I was so sleepy still, you know, I never did tell the doctors what happened. You know, they were just standing over me, the uh, doctor and my ex-wife and my son. And uh, so uh, I, w I went to sleep and when I went home and I woke up, I remembered my NDE. I remember, so this is my NDE. <laughs> I, uh, the first thing I saw was the light. And I was like, it's the light too, not a light, <laughs> you know, it's the light. And, uh, uh, it was light and love at the same time. And it was so much light. I know you've heard this a lot but so much light and so much love that, you know, there's no human words to describe it. And uh, I didn't know. I, th I thought maybe I'd go to hell, you know, if I killed myself. But the first thing he said is, uh, I have no condemnation for you. And so I, th I was thinking, man, that is, that's not even words I use, you know. And, and uh, you know, I said I was an ordained minister. I had a, my friend, he had a church, and when he would, uh, take time off. He would let me fill in for him. And I taught Sunday school and stuff like that. And before that I was religious, you know, I was super religious. I was telling you, I was telling about God's judgment and all that stuff, but I didn't want to hear about love. I'd hurry up and scoot over the love part. You know, I thought there was a bunch of foolishness that people thought sang about in songs and, and, uh, childhood movie, uh, cartoons and stuff like that. But, you know, he, it was, I was in this love and, uh, he took me and put me inside of this love, like a, um, you're inside of a underwater in a swimming pool. But in the, the difference is, uh, when you're in the water under the, in the pool, you, you're, even though you're under the water, you are separate from the water, but I became one with that, uh, light and love. And I knew I was at home. And I didn't want to leave. And then he said, your life is not yours to take. And so I was like, well, whoever it is, go ahead and take it. I was tired, you know? And uh, next thing I know, 
and I'm saying this uh, like it was one thing after the other, but it was kind of like everything was happening at once, if you if I can explain it that way. But uh, I was standing, and the light turned into a liquid uh, light, like buttermilk, very thick, and it poured into my head and went all the way down. And when it got to my feet, I woke up, and I was at St. Luke's Hospital in uh, Kansas City, Missouri, and my ex-wife was standing there. Uh, wow, this didn't go too well. So, but I, I and uh, but I was upset. God, I didn't want to be here. I did not want to be here. And I felt like God gave me the okie doke, you know, you know, because I hear some uh, near death experiences say that they ask God, asked, you know, do you want to come back? Or do you want to go back? No, they didn't ask me that. They they tricked me, you know. Really. Wow. <laughs> Next thing I know, I woke up. <laughs> to me, you seem like such a happy, go-lucky guy. How did you change after your experience? Oh, uh, man, he, he took all of that out of me. I, I, I Before that, my two ex-wives, I wouldn't even, I, we were on bad terms. I wouldn't even spoken to them. If I had seen them in heaven, I'd have walked right past them. But uh, after that, you know, Today we're both we're all good friends and uh I uh, I can't hold grudges like that. But he, he gave me something, he made me help me to love myself more. Mm-hmm. You know, I was condemning myself. I didn't uh, know that uh, there was even a problem with me or anybody else that uh self-condemnation. We condemn ourselves. God's not condemning us. And he told me that and that's why I, I uh, contacted you. He told me, you let people know that I'm a loving father, that I've been misrepresented. That's what God told me. He said, I've been misrepresented. He said that uh, I'm doing everything I can to get you in, not uh, trying to see any mistake you do to put you out. And so I asked him, well, what about hell? They were talking about hell and all this and demons. And God said, uh, there is a hell, but I made that for the angels who rebelled against me and those who choose to follow. You know, that's the, they make that decision. If you follow me, he said, I got you. If you want, if you want to end, he's he, he, he's for you. He's 100% for you. And a lot of religious people like me before that, they don't want to hear that. You know, they don't want to hear God loves you and all that. They want to get right to the judgment and stuff. Mm. So... But I, I'm going to say it. I don't, I don't care what anybody's talking about. Did you just hear God's voice again this time, or did you happen to see him, or was it like the light was speaking to you? I don't know. It was like, it wasn't like a, a voice voice. It was like a, inside, a, like telepathy, I guess. And uh, in my book, I talk about what's called the conversation, because sometimes he'll say something to me and it's like from it's just like it'll be like years after or months after he i've heard from him but it's still like the same conversation just is continuing you know and he told me, you let people know i'm a loving father you know and he is can you remember any more of the conversations that you had with god i i asked him uh when did uh when did I come to know you? Because I didn't, I don't ever remember a time in my life where I didn't really believe in God. 
and uh, and uh, he showed me a, a picture of me, and I had a brother that was a year younger than me. You know, I, I, I had contacted you back in like November, and my brother he he passed on November fifth of uh, cancer. Well, that's why it took so long. I was going, we were going through a lot of stuff there. I had a few deaths since then. And uh, my brother and I, I was like five and he was like four. And we went down to church at church when they uh, gave an altar call and said, hey, who wants to accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior? And he showed me that, that he, he was there, even though we were children, God takes that uh, seriously. And uh, he held on to me all those years. You know, it's not up to us anyway. It's up to him. It's on him anyway. You know, they, we're, they, we're worried about our sins and stuff. We weren't, if you want to go by the word, we weren't sinners because of we, our sins anyway. We were sinners because of Adam's sin. And we wouldn't want to be uh, saved because of uh, our righteousness. We were saved because of Christ's righteousness. After your second NDE, did you notice any new abilities? I was just a lot kinder, but I and I and I wasn't depressed anymore. I can and uh, I can kind of know more who I am. But before that, if I go back, uh, when I was twenty-five, I was living in Orlando, Florida, with my sister and i was working at a, a a pizza hut and one evening uh we had, had a part time and we got robbed that night a couple of young guys came in they stuck guns in our faces and and uh tied uh handcuffed us to the railing and everything and uh when we got home i we got home that night i prayed i said god um I thank you that we all got out of there safely tonight, but there was a, are a lot of people in this world who are robbed and different things uh, who didn't get out safely. And I said, God, you have all power. Do you care? And when I said care, I was up over the earth and I could see the earth spinning around. And uh, when I see the, the earth spinning around, I can see the images. Uh, like it was a ch like a child starving to death, and when I saw that image, would see each image of a pain would come to me. Like there's no uh, words to describe that pain, just like no words to describe it. Love, and I would feel the pain when that child was starving. When this, I saw a woman being abused. I saw uh, different other things, and I feel that pain like God felt it. It's like swallowing a nuclear bomb or something that it was hurt. And uh, he said, this is how I uh, feel it. Don't ever ask me, do I care again? And I was back. And after that, I, be I was, I became an empath, but I didn't understand it. I didn't understand uh, what an empath was till like 40 years later, 30 years later, when a friend of mine asked me, are you an empath? And uh, I had to look on my phone. I said, I don't know. <laughs> I had to look on my phone to see what it was. I didn't know. And then I, I started seeing, I said, oh man, look, this is why when people are crying and, and happy, I'm crying and happy. I used to uh, cry, man. Somebody 
sad. I had to go in the other room because people thought I was crazy. You know, like, what's wrong with you, man? I, my my father died. Why are you crying? You know, and that that was, that was me. I didn't understand that I was an empath. Uh, mm. <laughs> but I but it's 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 getting it's 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 growing even more. I, somebody passes by me in a car, and I'm like, oh my god, really? You know. I, now it's been about. 11 years since your second NDE mm-hmm. has the memory of that faded or is it still real today as it was then? And, and if so, do you still keep kind of replaying it in your mind over and over? Yes. It's, it's just as real as it was then. It's not a dream or anything. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've had some vivid dreams, but I usually forget them, you know, or forget part of it, but no, that's just as real, even more real, you know, I, Another thing that changes, I have no fear of death. Mm. You know, I was I was having chest pains when my brother was uh was sick and he was about to die. Really bad chest pains. And I and I and I prayed then. I said, listen, Lord, you know I don't mind going, but uh my family can't take both of us going right now. So can I mind if I stay around a little while, you know, so so I'm here. I said, I better, I don't know when I will leave. So I better go ahead and, and uh, get that word out that, uh, that God is, he's a loving father. He loves you. <laughs> is it possible those chest pains you were feeling were your brothers? It might, they may have been, they may have been because I had talked to, I don't know if you know, Lee Whittick from uh, Irons. Mm-hmm. And I talked to him one time and he pointed out to me that, maybe a lot of your depression during that time was that you were working in the jail and a lot of those people's uh, sadness and uh, their disappointment in there. I said, yeah, I had never thought about it like that, but yeah, I, I, I do believe so. Cause that is a sad place, man. Mm-hmm. And, but it, 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 I know I had a lot more compassion out, out than uh, others, you know, and some say too much, but I don't think this, such a thing and there you know when uh, somebody comes into jail they are usually at their lowest point you know and I, i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna do whatever i can to uh try to help i'm not gonna try to hurt them anyway or put them down in any kind of way how long did it take you to process the second one and to follow up with that was if it was quickly did your friends and family notice this big change in your personality Yes, they did. Uh, well, I know my ex-wife did. I, my, her, it was her, her birthday, and I texted her, hey, hey happy birthday. <laughs> and uh, I hadn't talked to her in like a few years. And and uh, and then the other one's birthday is like four days later. So I, I uh, went to my daughter's like graduation or something with her on her, on her birthday. And, uh, to talk to both of them so they they definitely noticed it i wouldn't even spoken to them <laughs> hmm. did they comment to you that hey you're a different guy now victor i'm not sure if they did but they know they noticed it yet they have in the uh after that and did a lot you... of my my friends that i grew <laughs> up with knows noticed too did you become more religious after the second one no 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 i'm not religious at all now <laughs> No, I I uh I believe uh, religion is is uh, made up and man made and uh 
but I believe God is real. The Father's real. Jesus is real. And uh, and I, I, I read the Bible again, and all the stuff about love and that him loving us from the first, from the beginning to the end. I didn't see that at first, <laughs> but it's there. Hmm. He loves us. Did you happen to encounter Jesus too during your NDE? During my NDE, I, I, I just knew that he was there, but I was like, I was telling you before we came on, uh, I had a dream and it, can I talk about that? Yeah. I had a dream and, uh, it's kind of like a vision dream. This was April 2020. And uh, I got gotten home from work. I Right now, I, I'm a deputy sheriff, but I work at, just in the uh, courthouse. There's new courthouse security for uh, two judges. And uh, I'd gotten home, and I was sleepy that night, that day. It was in the evening. And uh, so... Uh, for some reason, I prayed a prayer that said, uh, we're seated with Christ in heavenly places. And I lay down and I was on this street. And for lack of a better word, it's kind of like a street. And it was like cobblestone, but it wasn't red. And uh, and there was a, a hill going up, but there was a man coming down in a road and uh, I couldn't see his face. It was light and he had on sandals and uh, he put out his hand to me, his right hand, and uh, it had a hole in his hand and I gave him my left hand. And uh, and when I gave him my left hand, he, he, we turned around and started walking up the hill and I became like a little child. I, even though I was grown, I guess in relation, I was like a little child. And we went up the hill. We started walking up the hill, and I saw my father, my my dad, uh, who had passed in '97. And uh, my dad was looking at me. I couldn't talk to the people, but and they were, but they could. They were weren't talking in words. They were saying to me. My father said, uh, "Hey, you're surprised to see me, aren't you?" And he knew. I was. I didn't know. I didn't know whether he was gonna be there or not. You know, I, was, I didn't know where I was. I was, but he. Was, I was in heaven, and uh, and he was there, and my mom was there. My mom just waved at me. She was happy to see me, and then the next person I, I saw my aunts and my sisters. I had a couple of sisters that had passed, and I saw my niece. I had a niece that died of sickle cell when she was two years old, and I was maybe nine years old. And I saw her and she was, you know, a grown lady, beautiful. And uh, she was happy to see me. She loved me when she was a, a baby, you know, love, and I loved holding her. And uh, then I saw my first wife's father, he had passed. And uh, he was the happiest of everybody there to see me. He had the hmm. biggest smile on his face. And uh, he was, uh, he had, been playing basketball. He he loved the army, and he had on the army uniform. He had a box haircut, and he said, "I'm I'm uh, playing jump center." He was talking about the uh, position he played, you know, because he was tall, and uh, he, he was so happy to see me. And then I saw my second wife's dad, who had committed suicide in uh, 2014, and I saw him and his brother. His brother 
had gotten killed in a car wreck when he was five years old. And uh, him and his brother, they almost looked like twins and they were tall and they were both happy to see me. Even I didn't never met his brother. I just had heard about him and their dad was uh, in between them. And he looked, they all three looked almost like twins, but except the uh, dad was a little bit shorter than them. They were all happy to see me. And then I saw my uncle who had, uh, he was a, a, a pastor who he had uh, uh, died and, uh, and he was laughing and he, and I used to go see him and we laughed together and, uh, and he rolled on the floor laughing, man. And, uh, he was doing that there. And, uh, I could tell he was laughing because when he, at his funeral, they had his uh, shoes sticking out of his coffin and I was, and I was, Went to the, and I was wondering, you know, why is his shoes? I've never seen that before, you know, and, but I didn't say anything. And uh, he was laughing at me because I was <laughs> thinking about that at his funeral. And uh, and uh, so I asked, I asked Jesus, I said, well, can I see my house? Do I have a house here? I heard people say that they have houses in heaven. And I was back on that, that street that went up and I noticed then that it was my street. And it was a house. It, well, I couldn't tell it was a house. It was a like a glass doorway. It's kind of triangular where you go in, but it wasn't wasn't a door. No door there, and it had like a a slate roof, kind of a grayish black slate roof on top that pointed out over the door and where where the door would be. And we went inside, and it was on uh, built into a mountain. And it went down three stories, and uh, it was the outside was like glass, you know. And uh, you can see across the other mountain, there's another mountain on the other side with a waterfall with real blue water coming out, very blue water, beautiful, and a blue river down at the bottom. And I love all those things. And uh, and he said it's not finished yet. Hmm. And uh, excuse me. And then I, I woke up. And I was upset <laughs> mm -hmm. and man, I, I did not want to be here. And, uh, but from April, 2020, when I had that dream until like this last October, I was wondering why in the world didn't this place have a door? You know, I've kept thinking about that over and over. I said, how in the world this thing didn't have a door. And then finally in October, of last year, he said to me, because I am the door. <laughs> hmm. Yes. What did Jesus but, look like? I don't know. I just saw the light in his face. I just saw the light. Do you feel like that dream was not like any other dream? And if so, does it feel like one of your NDEs? It kind of does feel like an NDE, but uh, I, I know it's not like any other dream. I don't have to, I didn't have to write that one down. <laughs> I, I remember that. I remember every detail about that. What do you think inspires you the most about your experiences? I think knowing that that God loves us, he's not condemning us, and letting people know that, you know, and try to live just a, a life. I, if anybody, any of my friends see this, they know that I'm not a, a perfect guy or every try to be perfect, but I... Uh, they know that I don't, I don't condemn them, uh, you know, and I got that from him. It's not that I'm some good guy. I got that from God. If God doesn't condemn you, I can't condemn people. I, you know, 
Mm-hmm. It gives me a, a greater compassion with people. And I have so many people in uh that has been in jail and stuff, man. They come and hug me and stuff and tell me that I've been kind to them. I had so many people tell me that they maybe 10 or 12 people tell me that, you know, they were about to commit suicide and and uh you know, something that I said help them. That was another thing. Right after my second NDE, I had like a experience for a couple of days, like everybody like heard of that, uh, you know, what had happened to me I, at work and my, and I, like I said, I was a, a reserve at the other, uh, at the other sheriff department still. And, uh, man, I, I believe it, I think maybe a two, 300 people got in contact with me and telling me stories of how, what I did in their lives and that helped them to that I think that I forgot about or didn't think made any difference. It's kind of like on a, it's a wonderful life. Like that's what I uh, think about it. But, you know, like I said in my book, you know, that nobody brought me money like they did. On <laughs> but that was amazing. How do you think your experiences had an effect on you professionally in law enforcement with criminals? It helped me be a lot more compassionate and understanding, I believe. You know, you, you never know. I didn't, you know, my mom and dad were divorced when I was like two or three, but I knew my mom loved me and I knew my dad loved me. I run into people every day, even now, who mom have abandoned them or abused them or kicked them out or disowned them. Their dads abused them, disowned them, different things, or they never know their mom and dad and different, all kind of stuff, man. And, and if that foundation, that's a foundational thing with your parents, if you don't have that love, man, who can you trust the rest of your life? If you knew somebody who had lost somebody close to them, what advice would you give them about their lost loved one? I would uh, say, trust God. He is real. All of this stuff that people say and talked about over the ages is real. You know, this is just a, a transition point here. We're not meant to stay here forever. You know, and I, I have a lot of friends. My my uh, friend, he's uh, he's the, the sheriff of our county. And his dad died today, you know. And I would, you know, God is real, man. And he, uh, he'll take care of this, you know. I, <laughs> This is this is not this life is not it. I know uh, people miss their loved ones, you know, and I, I miss mine, man. That was that when my brother was hard, and then my nephew was murdered, you know. After that, man, that was that's some hard stuff, you know. All right. Well, you mentioned your book, and it's called Crystal Stairway to Heaven. Can you tell us a little bit more about it and where people can find it? Well, yes, it's on uh, it's on Amazon. And uh, I wrote it, I believe God had kept telling me to write it. And, you know, I don't like writing. I don't like talking and stuff either in front of the camera. I got a face made for radio. But uh, I uh, 
I would get in trouble even as a captain when I had to check people's reports. I'll get in trouble for my reports. You know, they were too short. You know, we have a eight-hour siege, and I get on and write something short. You know, to get back in here and and uh, do this report. So I I didn't want to write it, but uh, I I believe he kept bothering me until I went on and wrote it, and uh, I made it thick. And then I put it down, down, down. So. I say, well, I'll put it where I would read it, you know, because I, I wouldn't, I'm not a big reader like that, mm-hmm. and uh, so I, I wrote it and I finished it in uh, what was that, 2018 or something like that. I put it out. People may want to contact you and chit chat with you or ask you questions. Are you open to that? And if so, yeah, how yes. can they reach you? My email is uh, Victor Hicks. 1962 at gmail all right well before we finish up can you leave us with one last positive message well the message that i've been saying god is not out to condemn you you know we condemn ourselves god the father he loves you and he's doing everything he can to let you know that he loves you well that's a great message Victor, thank you so much for being my guest today. I really appreciate you, and I wish you the best. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Take care and have a great day. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara Podcast. I really appreciate you. Another way to show support is through YouTube memberships. And if you do, there are loyalty badges and other perks depending on your level of membership. All you need to do is click the join button underneath the video to find out more. Thank you for your support.